Hi, welcome to the Quipster Film Review Podcast. My name is Vince Leo. I am the film critic for the website Quipster.net. Thanks so much for listening to this review. I hope that you enjoy it. If you do, I do encourage you to continue listening by clicking the subscribe button and you continue to get all of my reviews downloaded into your podcast player all throughout the year. Also, for those of you who are new here and you want to hear more of my podcasting, you can go to InSessionFilm.com and find out more details because I am the co-host of the extra film portion of that show. So go to InSessionFilm.com and catch more of my reviews. I review a lot of films, mostly indies and foreign films, exclusively for In Session in podcast form. You can also find all of my reviews in written form at my website. Quipster.net is where to go. Q-W-I-P-S-T-E-R.net. Today I'm going to be reviewing a film that I actually reviewed for the In Session Film Podcast, and I'm finally getting around to doing this in podcast form. And so it's a little bit late in coming, but I hope that you enjoy the review nonetheless. Those of you who know Jackie, the film starring Natalie Portman, you know that it's a speculative historical drama. It seeks to give us a peek into the hypothetical goings-on of Jacqueline Bouvier Kennedy in the week following the assassination of John F. Kennedy in Dallas on November 22, 1963. Here we have the First Lady taking up temporary residence at the Kennedy Family Compound in Hyannisport, Massachusetts, where she's visited and interviewed by a journalist who's working for Life Magazine, played by Billy Crudup, for this exclusive expose. Now, keenly aware of how perception does dictate reality, Jackie consents for the interview on the hope that her words will assist the troubled nation in the healing process, but still talks only on the condition that she has the final say on what gets published and what he, the writer, must leave out of the article. Jackie, the film, is directed by Chilean filmmaker Pablo Larraín, who is working in the English language here for the first time from an original screenplay by Noah Oppenheim. The events that transpire are delivered in nonlinear fashion, and it separates the grief-ridden feelings for occasional flashbacks and does offer us occasional glimpses into the past for such memorable public appearances from Mrs. Kennedy, such as her highly viewed CBS television special in 1962, in which she hosts a tour of the White House after making some significant, very highly publicized renovations to the interior decor there. A significant portion of the narrative in Jackie involves her exploration in trying to bolster the historical as well as the cultural legacy of her husband's presidency. After realizing that other presidents were assassinated while in office, such as James Garfield and William McKinley, they're scarcely remembered by many Americans, at least at that time. So she looks toward the one that was the most famous, and still is, enough to land his visage on two major forms of American currency and more than one national monument. Of course, I'm talking about Abraham Lincoln. Using the revered former president as her template, Jackie decides to draw upon the funeral procession for Abraham Lincoln through the Capitol as her formula for what she wants done for her husband, Jack. Now, if the American people are touched by what they see, perhaps Jack Kennedy will be remembered warmly and fondly by those moved by the fairy tale story that had become their narrative, Camelot, which was Jackie's term for JFK's presidency that she first used in her post-assassination interview with Life Magazine's Theodore H. White. 
That was inspired from a 1960 Tony Award-winning Broadway musical that was born from Arthurian legend. Now, not everybody sees things this way, including John F. Kennedy's brother, then Attorney General Robert Kennedy, who thinks that the country could not endure another tragedy befalling them and thinks that Jackie should shield herself as well as the kids as much as possible from wide-open public spaces. Now, heedless, Jackie thinks that it's important to preserve the dream for the country that her husband had been trying to achieve. Bobby thinks that Jack had been killed too soon in his presidency for anyone to remember his accomplishments or what he was trying to accomplish anyway, especially since many of them, such as the space program and civil rights progression, will be credited to someone else. And now that he's no longer there, so even such things as the Cuban Missile Crisis and the Bay of Pigs could also be seen as mishandled endeavors if Kennedy's public image is less than positively idealized in the eyes of the American people. Now, many of the themes within the film Jackie deal with such things as the need for having a public persona, even managing and maintaining the illusion for how Jackie deals with her public appearances during her time of grief. For years, Jackie had been groomed for the public spotlight. She knew that outside of any room that she would be in, without her family or closest of advisors, it would be a veritable theater stage where she would be required to give the demure but dedicated performance as the First Lady of the United States. But that role had been, from inception, meant to be a satellite to the main star of the show, President John F. Kennedy. And when that star is no longer available to finish out his role, Jackie decides to do the best that she can in giving the production a grand finale worthy of her husband's memory and one that will please the audience looking for some shred of a happy ending on which to cling. As far as the acting goes, there's a seemingly dauntless Natalie Portman here. She's fantastic in the lead role. She offers a breathy voice akin to Marilyn Monroe when speaking for cameras, and you may muse about the irony of that given John F. Kennedy's supposed relationship with Marilyn, and she is more assured and less affectatious with her private moments. It does take a scene or two to get used to Portman's portrayal as well as her accent. Some viewers could initially confuse her performance here for being hammy, at least until they go back to watch clips of the real-life Jackie Kennedy, and you can see that Portman has done a pretty remarkable job in capturing Jackie Kennedy's speech patterns as well as her demeanor. If it still comes off as artificial, that's because it's kind of meant to be She's a woman untrained in dramatic performance. She's thrust into the public spotlight. She has to play this role for a ravenous public that follows her every utterance. There's another Oscar nomination for Natalie Portman here. It seems a given. It raises the level of the performance from one that could have been more of a caricature in lesser hands to one that is ultimately richly presented and it's emotionally resonant. The multifaceted but enigmatic Jacqueline Kennedy is indeed a challenging role. And I think that Natalie Portman rises to the occasion, and then some, pretty much. Now, nearly as influential in the overall effect of Jackie as a piece of filmmaking is the eerie but gripping score from Mika Levy, who came to prominence, if you remember, for her mesmerizing debut score to Under the Skin. She strikes somber and displaced chords to capture the sad and off-putting mood of the period within the mindset of a grieving widow who sees the need to soldier on in public for the sake of the country. Now, Jackie, as a film, is at its best in its off-center presentation of the enigmatic figure as presented by Ladain. It only descends back to earth when the narrative devices are used to draw out Jackie's stories, such as a Life magazine interview or this visit with a priest in which a good deal of her inner thoughts on the state of her marriage to Jack are drawn out to piece it all together. Also striking for filmmaking is the look of Jackie. It features grainy, intimate veneer from Stéphane Fontaine, favors handheld camera work, 
a lot of close-ups with an aspect ratio and a soft edge film stock appropriate for its era. A particular highlight of Jackie as the film is the recreation of events that utilize actual footage of the real-life Jackie, such as the tour, as well as the funeral. We see the authentic Mrs. Kennedy in the long shots. And then we get replacement recreations that are woven in seamlessly, featuring Portman in the closer shots. This kind of unnatural effect of the score and the photography, it may prove somewhat distancing for some viewers, mainly those who are unaccustomed to indie film production pedigree. You might find the presentation disengaging, but I think for those viewers who are open to it, I think that these elements do provide a hypnotic effect that cannot be denied. It captures very well the disorienting effect of Jackie's internalized, unresolved psychological drama. Now, Jackie was known for her elegant and fashionable look. That's certainly a key consideration here. We get to see Jackie in her pillbox hat and now vintage Chanel. This is important in terms of addressing the public on television as well as during the aftermath. And it's capped off with a symbolic scene in which Jackie's fashions are in storefront windows everywhere and the public not only embracing Jackie as a public figure to admire, but also in its own way wishing to be more like her. Now, with more emphasis on Impressionism than it is in faithful recreation of actual events, it lets the mood and the psyche of Mrs. Kennedy spill out into the mood and psyche of the narrative film itself. La Dain employs a good deal of dramatic license in order to tell his story, in order to paint one of the most unknown of widely known figures of the 20th century in a complex and fascinating light. Now, while the presidency of her husband is seen as a fairy tale come to life, albeit with a very unhappy ending, it is in good part because Jacqueline Kennedy dutifully and faithfully provided one of the more loving acts for her husband and bestowed upon a shocked and grieving country a potent bit of myth-making to get them through the darkest of hours. I'm giving Jackie the film three and a half stars out of four. Three and a half stars on my scale means that I do think that this is a good movie. It's worth going out of your way to see if this at all sounds of interest to you. I think Natalie Portman is fantastic in the lead role, and there's a lot more to come away with than just that from a thematic standpoint. Even if you feel that you know the whole story, I think it's worth going out of your way to see. Thank you, everyone, for listening. I hope that you enjoyed this review. If you did, as I mentioned, click the subscribe button, and also go to my website if you want my contact information as well as links to my Twitter feed and Facebook page. Go to quipster.net, Q-W-I-P-S-T-E-R.net.